Welcome to Prime Seasoned Wisdom Podcast, where candid conversations are happening with savvy leaders that are willing to cascade from their experience while revealing the nitty-gritty part of business and management. We slice and dice here the challenges and secrets to long-term success in various careers, roles, jobs, and industries by deep diving into the essentials and the not-so-rosy bits of each career and industry. I'm your host, Dottie Stend, a seasoned management consultant and interim GM with vast experience in helping global businesses get from point A to point B, where they actually want to be, by smooth sailing between the unplanned, unexpected, or unwanted events. Let's see what you think of today's episode. Today's episode is a dry version, which means that you'll be joining me, your host, in a reflective journey through the nuances of entrepreneurship, decision-making, management techniques, business complexities, resilience, and the art of leadership. Let us deep dive into the intersection of timeless wisdom that was gathered from practical experience and contemporary business challenges. Let's explore together. Guys, I know you're in a holiday, most probably enjoying your holiday or planning your holiday, but the next quarter will kick in and we've got to make sure that our teams are empowered, are productive, and they stay way, way away and far away from their biggest arch enemy in their productivity, which is themselves. So welcome to today's video and I'm going to call this video the ultimate task for managers, which are not as productive as they should be, or which usually just say they don't have the time to do things. So I'm here to help you guys and give you the tools that are needed to confront the situation and ultimately uh, go beyond it and uh, identify such blockers way in advance, okay? So I'm calling this tool the white paper test okay and this is basically all that you'll need in an office without mobile phones and a pen with the manager that you want to take through this test and save him or her from herself or himself in a situation in which his work is just killed by tasks which don't bring added value or don't uh, have a significant impact on the uh, business stakeholders or at business level, right? Now, where is this coming from, right? In the past years, I've been meeting and working with several sales managers, account managers, site managers, country managers, HR managers, talent acquisition managers, uh, delivery managers, okay? And I was surprised to see how their overall productivity and what they're bringing to the table and their business impact, to say so, is jeopardized and trapped into a catch-22 situation because of our old human nature, okay? And what do I mean by that? I'm trying to get the tasks which bring in the lowest wear and tear 
which would get me to the next day without blocking anything significantly or creating problems uh, at business level. And if it's something harder, something that involves thinking, taking leadership, uh, you know, taking ownership and, and, you know, that has consequences, I will tend to procrastinate that or maybe bring it to my manager and say I would need help with that and maybe trick him or her into getting the solution for me, okay? Now, that's not the kind of team you want and um, I'm here to actually give you a few best practices on how to get beyond that or remove this uh, blocker, right? So when asked them, um, I've asked them, why didn't you do that? Why Why did we get here? Which involved like some basic things that they could have done, which is related to their JD, or I would at least expect them to realize it's related uh, to their JD. I would get the following answers. Uh, Darius, I honestly didn't have the time. You have no idea how many tasks do I have. Um, I didn't have the time because of this, that, or the other, or, uh, this is nothing new to me, Darius. Um, you're not saying anything new under the sun. I knew this has to be done. I was just about to do it. I was just about to do it. Okay. And, uh, the cherry on top of the pie is the client is happy, way happy with us, Darius, but they're going to be downsizing the business, right? And this is most probably because some of the signals that we have missed for quite a while, right? Now, I, I've learned from uh, my own situation. I've seen it on my own skin. Uh, I lived it, and I came to the conclusion. So it, regardless of what your management level role is, right, if it's mid or C-level or XCOM level, or whatever it is, uh, we have to learn from the oldest philosophers that are out there, printed thousands of books, sold millions of copies, and they all said, if you don't have time to think, reflect, prioritize, and your work involves thinking for others, planning for others, being responsible for others, which is the role of a leader and a manager, right, then you are doomed right because you will miss seeing the forest because of the trees you will miss the signals received from co-workers clients competitors market um, whatever it is out there because you will tend to bury yourself into day-to-day -day repetitive tasks that need to be done but don't necessarily have a high added value which will get you next to your paycheck will get you the tenure in your role will not develop you in a significant way or will not help you grow or um, let's say uh, reach out of your status quo and develop uh, professionally and let me tell you where the danger is right here this is your own death sentence right why do I say that because if you are in my team or another managers team and you don't bring an added value and you don't become a buffer for problems and frankly you even create problems by not doing your work properly not taking ownership or not delegating efficiently you will always be replaceable okay so by taking ownership prioritizing 
and understanding where our work can have impact for others, we become less and less replaceable and more and more valuable for that team, that business, that manager, uh, etc. So let me give you a bit of background about how I like to build teams and how I work, right? So I tried to create this environment of management teams in which someone takes ownership, okay? Let's say there is a gray area in which the problem is not really well defined. If it's a sales problem or account management or HR or legal, right? But even if it's a gray area, I like to encourage someone taking ownership because if we develop these teams, we bring all our skills together to the table, we will eventually uh, crack that problem and find a solution. Maybe it's not the best solution, but we found a solution, right? Then I, after this sense of ownership, I try to develop a mechanism of checks and balances, right? About each other's work uh, so we can also help others see if they're prioritizing efficiently, thinking about the problems would have the highest impact, especially where the work is interdependent, right? And let me give you an example. If you have attrition and you don't fight it at an HR and TA level, you will create a problem for account management on the other side with the client because there's no stability in that team and the client is concerned and will start cultivating the idea that he needs a different vendor, okay? So this is a, an example. Um, so by the time the team has actually spent time and together we brainstorm on how to tackle a certain problem, we end up choosing from a bucket of solutions, right? So this is the spirit that I try to encourage when there's teamwork at management level, although we each have our specialty experience and slice to deal with. But if we take ownership, we're gonna solve these together. Okay, good. Now, I just want to give you guys a big, big reminder about the role of a leader, right? One of the biggest, uh, uh, let's say, responsibilities that you have is to constantly cascade knowledge and educate, right? There are many situations in which someone, because of the environment that they're working, the experience they had, the limitations, uh, uh, that they have from a background and a preparation point of view might not see further. So they need a bit of boost. They need to see their leader as being a point of information, of influx of knowledge, someone that can help them um, go beyond their uh, current level right now and create the mechanisms, uh, the environment, give them tools needed to flourish and, uh, and develop right? So as a leader, you are as successful, and this is just my personal point of view, you are as successful as your team's, um, let's say, independence level, efficiency level, initiative level, and capacities level, okay? So I don't think a leader should want a team that is highly dependent on him or her, okay? I think they should try for a team which comes to them to ask their opinion or on certain solutions, not necessarily to ask for, uh, you know, the solution uh, itself, okay? So what do you do then? What do you do then? What happens in this situation, right? The uh, 
easy uh, answer would be let's fire him or her. Let's fire them. Let's hire someone else. I'm sure we'll find someone else. The idea for you as a leader of uh, finding someone else um, <laughs> that would do things exactly as you want him or her to do and they would read your mind is so exciting. It's so motivating that can uh, easily uh, lead you into a trap of actually firing that someone, not investing in them, not educating them anymore and just hope for the better. Okay. Well, let me tell you guys, if that works for you, then I think you're very, very um, lucky. Um, but maybe you don't have the budget for someone that is quite that connoisseur or that savvy, or you don't have the company size or brand uh, identity that would attract that someone. And uh, you're left in a situation which you have to educate set expectation, teach others how to prioritize. And I would like to believe that this would be my first option always, right? Go on the premises that they need an example, they need a set of premises, they need a set of tools so that they can uh, build a habit out of this, uh, learn, grow, and uh, develop, okay? So what I do is, and that's why I said all you need is a white paper and a pen. So I call them in my office, we turn off our phones and for 30 minutes, I give them the white sheet of paper and I tell them, write everything that you do on a daily basis for one month. And I want in details, okay? and I give them 10 minutes. If they can't write in 10 minutes what they do on a daily basis, now that's the first red flag, okay? Because as a manager, by now, you should know very well what you have to do on a daily basis, you know, at least macro level, uh, if, 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 you know, all ad hoc things can occur. So if that doesn't happen, that's the first red flag. And secondly, and this is where a lot of red flags come out, right? I tell them, let's use the A, B, C, D, E, F, G time management system in which we start weighting our tasks, uh, considering how critical they are, how fast they need to be done. Okay, that's fine. Everybody knows. But how much added value are they bringing on the table? What's their impact on the business and stakeholders, right? And this is where the tricky part is, right? Impact on business, added value, stakeholders, right? By when something needs to be solved, they can easily put a date over there. Or how critical is, of course, if people don't get their salaries on time, it's going to create attrition. So that's pretty critical. But the trick is to focus on the other keywords, uh, guys, as I uh, mentioned. So what I come to realize after seeing these red flags is that we have a self-discipline issue. That's number one, right? Because we don't really know what we do on a daily basis. Then we don't really know how to wait and prioritize them. And then we need to learn about prioritizing and see how we delegate some of the efforts and some of them we keep them so that by thinking, reflecting, observing, getting the data around us from clients, uh, uh, you know, uh, employees, colleagues, uh, managers, the business climate, we can bring in some solutions that will have a significant impact and make us valuable, not easy replaceable within our department. Okay. Now, 
there is an entire art in finding these tasks, right? And I can give you a few examples. You know, there's there's a client ramping down. So instead of just preparing for collective dismissals, right? Uh, one way to avoid severance pays is by focusing on identifying another client that maybe has an opportunity or doesn't feel like quite yet prepared to increase their t-shirt size on that project in terms of staff number, but would be willing to give it a test on a new line of business, right? Or within that same project, but not pay immediately, right? So it's better to lose some money than just lose money, right? And uh, maybe you strengthen that relationship with that client and you're just about to boom on a new LOB and um, it's gonna be successful. Of course, these are what ifs, but I'm just giving some examples in which we don't see the signals, we go into easily repetitive but critical tasks with no added value and we, we miss the point of where we could bring an impact, right? Um, so another example that comes in my mind is you don't have to wait for a client to create an escalation for you to provide a glide path. Just go proactively discuss with that client Tell them you know what's irritating them and give them the plan on how you're going to remove that because otherwise by the time they create the escalation, I'm telling you this from experience, they already have an alternative with a different vendor they're considering of signing with, which means downsizing your business. Okay. And um, last but not least, I would give it a lot of thinking of, of in reflecting on how I can be a buffer for others around me, especially my manager. Because if I'm a buffer and I come to him with solutions and recommendations instead of the problems that are brought to me at first hand without you know, showing, that, showing that I haven't chewed on them at all or, or brought any contribution, uh, it, just, it just doesn't make me feel worthy of that position. And a good leader will look at you and see when you're doing tasks well and give you new challenges and opportunities to, um, let's say, grow and develop uh, when they will see the right talent or the right people coming with initiative, ownership, solutions, rather than complaints, excuses, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, their, their head. Uh, in the ground saying that, you know, I just couldn't think of it or uh, couldn't do it. Okay. So this is what I see through the white paper test. It has been successful for me in the past. I would say that it requires a weekly uh, checkup on Teams. I usually do it on Mondays. Um, uh, we transform these white paper tests into a, a weekly planning, but that's the next step, and we'll discuss about that in a different video. But this is a great start to actually see where you are blocked, where you need to prioritize things, where you, which were the activities that are actually energy vampires and focus vampires for your work, and what needs to be done for you to grow, become more efficient, and a more valuable team member. Thank you.